Welcome to The Collector's House, a Matches Fashion Podcast. I'm Danielle Rodoichin. Each episode features a conversation with a creative mind about the things that inspire them or that have given their life meaning in some way. From books, to art, to a piece of jewellery, these objects are collected into a cabinet which resides in physical form in the attic at 5 Carlos Place, the Matches Fashion Townhouse in London. My guest on today's episode is Greg Chait, founder of The Elder Statesman, a line of cashmere blankets and clothing based in Los Angeles. Driven by an appreciation of artisan disciplines, he is committed to producing high-end product manufactured in the best possible way. I spoke to him at the Freeze Art Fair in Los Angeles to talk about five things that inspire him. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> How's, have you have you had a look around the, around the space at Freeze? Not yet. I've been here before, but I'm going to take a look after. Anything in particular that you are looking out for, or is it just no, a I'm gonna browse. general general browse? Yeah, general cruise around. Yeah. yeah. Um, are you into art? I mean, is it a thing for you? Or yeah, I mean, I I'm not. Um, I like what I like, I guess. Yeah. But I don't. Yeah, I collect stuff that then I trade with friends and yeah, yeah. and appreciate certain things. Yeah. So. And your aesthetic is very, I mean, tied up with Los Angeles and the, the certain vibe that's associated with the lots of Los Angeles. Um, is that something that you've, is, have you always had that aesthetic or is it something that you've developed? No, over the I years? mean, I, like, it's actually the Elder Statesman's a first person narrative. Mm -hmm. So it's not um, an aesthetic that's been kind of thought of. It's kind of an aesthetic that is. Mm. So it's really just what I see and my friends see and the stories and. It's very anecdotal mm. as well, so mm. it just is what it is. Mm. You know, as Los Angeles has developed, so have I, and I've traveled, and I guess I look at life through a certain lens. So, yeah. and I live here, so I, I would get that. You get that through the collection and our objects and stuff. So, um, it might be good to explain the story behind the name. The name. Yeah. Okay, so when I was coming up, I'd actually sold my two blankets that were just made for me before I even had a company, so I had to kind of rush to come up with a name. And, but yet, I really knew that this was something special. I just kind of inherently understood the process and yarn and knitting somehow. Uh, and so I felt that this could go a long way. Um, and I didn't know commercially how it would Go. I actually didn't even know it was going to be a red. I was going to have any sweaters. I was just making blankets. Um, but I thought that the places that you could go to sell this stuff were these amazing metropolitan cities. But where you could go to source everything would have been these incredible rural areas. So and every culture has some sort of knitting or weaving or yarn element. So I was like, wow, this is a great way for me to kind of attack the world and it just checked off all these boxes and I just loved the process so the name had to be something that was kind of really meaningful to me and I wanted to name it in honor of my brother who, I, who had passed kind of a few years before that so the elder statesman is um, derives from the pits which are prime ministers of England actually so your people um, and the elder pit uh, was really known for his oratory skills 
his gumption, um, getting to a place on his own merit. So, um, and over time, there's an older elder pit and a younger pit. So the elder pit was referred to the elder statesman, which is a political connotation. And uh, over time, that took on new meaning, which generally means someone that holds a high rank in any given society, but is revered by all. So earning status through merit for mm. what you're made out of. Mm. Um, and my brother's nickname was a mayor amongst all his friends. So a mayor. The mayor. The mayor. The mayor. Yeah, he was known as the mayor. He was a pretty <laughs> fair and just guy. So it worked. And I like this concept of, um, you know, being held to higher standards because, you know, being like living up to his, like how I feel about him means that I'm constantly pushing to reach this level that, you know, has to be at. Mm. So we've made a lot of decisions along the way that show a lot of restraint, um, I, I feel, but I think it comes from like the setup, yeah. like how we went into it. So, yeah. His name is Paul. So. That's a really nice story. It's a true story. So this podcast focuses on the idea of you sharing five things that have inspired you and Ultimately, the idea is that they go into the cabinet at Five Carlos Place in London. However, we're here in LA at Freeze. Um, but so, I I get it, so I get to keep them? You can keep them. I okay. mean, you know, I think we're just, we've got an imaginary cabinet here this time. Okay. So I was wondering what the first thing was that you put in there. The first thing I put in there is this little bracelet. That bracelet you're wearing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there's, again, it's anecdotal. I was with my mom a few weeks ago. And this is kind of something that we do. She has lots, lots of great jewelry, and I saw it across. Does she live here? No, she lives in Arizona. Oh, she, so she was visiting. She was visiting for my daughter's birthday, and it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, that's nice. And I'm like, I'll take that. Thank you very much. But <laughs> it's, a, it's just so beautiful. Actually, what ends up being is it's a hundred, over a hundred year old watch bracelet, rose gold, and that's her little heart from when she was a baby. So it's like things like that, and it's a story behind them. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what I wear right now, and I actually, you can't prove that it doesn't give me extraordinary powers. <laughs> so I It like looks like it like gives that. you powers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's <laughs> the first one. That's beautiful. Thanks. Um, just going back to the blankets, um, I think and this podcast is called The Collector's House, so we're always interested in people that are collecting things sure. as well. Um, oh, yeah. I don't think I've ever met anyone before who collects blankets. Yes. Um, can you tell us why this, where this began? Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, it was as surprising to you as it is to me, <laughs> uh, or as surprising to me as it is to you, rather. Um, it started, I was working in entertainment, um, and we had done, and it was like a wild. That's when you first came to LA, Yeah. Right? You had the job working yeah, in Yeah, I started in the mailroom and <laughs> thought I wanted to be in music, but I ended up liking too music too much to work in the industry, if that makes sense. Um, I think I know what you mean. Yeah. So, but our company was kind of, as a young, very young executive um, at this company, had done a favor for someone at Tom Ford's Gucci at the time, like connected with one of our clients. I don't remember what the actual favor was, to be totally honest. Um, but lo and behold, a few weeks later, this beautiful package shows up, and it's an amazing, simple, but beautiful cashmere blanket. Um, I think they purchased it at Barney's. Uh, I don't remember the brand, but this kind of set me off to 
like what is this because I'd really never touched like a proper high quality cashmere blanket before that and I hadn't didn't sleep under my own sheets for I don't know four years after that because I kept looking for these things and, I, and but then you I, slept under that blanket under that blanket or <laughs> and then I needed more blankets and then I started going to Maxfield and asking them where else can I find blankets and traveling around the world with my jobs and things. I'd go to these stores and special places like Browns in London. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's a lots of like well, um, all these special, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, multi-brand shops that had lots of curiosities and blankets were kind of a curiosity that wasn't like, so I would look and look and look and buy the ones I liked and ones I could find. but. I ended up at about 30 wow. after a few years. Where'd you keep them? In my house. In my room. So they have to be kept in a certain way to not, I don't know. In the UK, for you example, have you'd have to think about moths. Yeah, we think about moths. We have a very extensive uh, like uh, insect plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Does it, does it involve like bagging them up? Yeah, or? it involves a lot of things. Yeah. But yeah, we have to be it's really careful. We kind of like, trying to attack the problem before yeah. it happens but uh with those ones i was moving them around so much and cleaning them and looking at them so much I'd, i at the time didn't have any problems with moths a lot of that happens when you're like something stagnant and then you pull it out and it's happened so you do get moths out here as well yeah yeah, yeah. people get moths here and actually since we're it's on a, it it's a scary topic I it don't is even like to like I can, and especially for I you don't, it's right? just like yeah. it's like the biggest disaster yeah. there is yeah yeah so what is, since we're it's talking about it, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. what is the way to protect, to guard against moths with your cashmere? To I, your it, mind? I think it's getting ahead of it, you know? Prevention. Moving your cat, moving your pieces around a lot, yeah. having a good like orkin plan. I know it doesn't sound very <laughs> sexy, but just making a sure. A working plan. Orkin, like it's a pet, it's a company that like has this moth protection. Oh, so right. like if you get ahead of it, um, you have a better chance of them not coming after you, <laughs> but they'll still come. So you, just you put have to be them careful. in those bags. Yeah. 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 I keep. I've tried everything. Cedar. Uh, it um, all works a little bit. I don't know. I don't. I'm not. I'm not sure about the exact science. Just try it. lots of different stuff. Yeah, but be active. Okay. Like, okay. I think. Be active in your anti-moth. If you can. Yeah. I mean, if you activity. really want to prevent it, you have to get ahead of it. I think. Makes sense. Yeah. Right. So, what else is going into the cabinet? Well, I would say that first blanket. Okay. You still have it? Key. Yes, of course. You still sleep under it? I look at it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And I still think it's beautiful because that's the thing with cashmere. It's measurable and quality is quality. Yes. Whether it's just a simple, it's brown, it's rectangle. Yeah. Very simple, but it was beautiful. And that's what I think, like, knew that, that helped me uh, have the confidence that there was complete longevity in what I'm doing because there's a inherent value mm. like an inherent quality to it you don't have to fake the quality yeah you've spoken a bit um, in interviews about m how the quality of cashmere is measurable so there is a science to it yes um, for people mm. who don't know as, as much detail about cashmere as you which is most people um, can you explain what micron measurements is Oh, I prefer not to. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a measure, it's a unit of measurement, and yeah. for cashmere, the lower it is, the better it is. Okay, so, so you can actually go. Yeah, and there's labs you can actually, if you want to test your 
the quality of your mm. goods, you can actually find these labs that will test it for you. So when we're getting um, big shipments from a new supplier, mm. we can make sure that it's good and we can spot mm. check it. So um, on our own, on our end, um, yeah. Mm. You find that a lot with the Jap, uh, like we, we work a lot in Japan, so we have to send um, enough of our yarn or fabric ahead of time, right. and the customs will make sure that it is the the uh, content and the quality that you're saying it is, mm. which I think is good. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And are you, because um, you're based out here in LA, do you sort of think about fashion and trends that are happening in like the fashion capitals like New York and London, or are you sort of, do you feel like you're more in a silo here? I mean, I think we're you know that's the beauty of being here is that it's not a fashion i'm putting air quotes i don't know but um he's doing air quotes yeah. yeah it's not really a fashion town so you don't have to really think about what other people are doing and i'm interested i like i have i'm a huge fan of some designers but i just like i just like being a fan mm -hmm. but i i don't know i think it's benefited us being in a community that's so spread out that is a creative community because LA is a creative community. Yeah. It's just fashion's not the leader here. So it's, we've been really, it's really positive. It's a tough town. Like, don't let the palm trees fool you. This is a hard city. Um, and it's, it's amazing. It's tough to build a business? Or? So it's just, you know, it's a competitive. Yeah. This is one of the top cities in the world. So it's an amazing place. Um, and it's driven by creativity, like more, you know, yeah. uh, film music yeah so what I found was it was a really supportive community um, when I was doing something not only in fashion but something really unique within the realm that had a lot of support from some amazing people just because they were supporting creativity who are these people they sound like some sort of magical they are a magical bunch where do you find them they find you oh really yeah wow they are out there looking and they are amazing and so we've been fostering and nurturing that clientele since the beginning so there's always been kind of two parts of our business um, well before e-commerce was even on the table mm -hmm. um, was a direct relationship with clients actually much of them are many of them are the hair breeze. yeah I would say yeah there's yeah. people looking for stuff just like I was looking for blankets so <laughs> I would show up to people's <laughs> doors knocking so it's the same thing. Yeah. Do you find that you have a certain kind of client or is it just That's anyone, the beauty everyone? of it. This sweater that I'm wearing right Meditate now. Meditate sweater. But it, it could be like you could wear it. I Someone wear with it. a total different profile than you wears yeah. it for different reasons. And I find that's the beauty of what we do because we just focus on, back to the name, we focus on this and getting this right, putting it out in the world. And then it's up to people that just like the sweater and mm. we're we, you know we're constantly pleasantly surprised by the type of like different people that are buying this yeah. stuff from a 16 year old kid that's like obsessed with like Carol Christian Cole or something like that likes our could wear this sweater to like an Upper East Side grandmother who's into head to toe Chanel could wear the sweater for a whole different reason and that's what I like I like you know, fitting in. I like other brands and or designers being amazing. You know what I mean? That's good for the business. I like our stuff complementing. Right. You their like wardrobe. Fitting around. Yeah. Are there any which designers you said before that you, you there are other designers that you admire 
Well, yeah, I mean. Tom Ford, you're still in. You well, that was, I mean, I, I don't know if you were in the fashion. Um, in fashion I was a little older maybe than you. But um, that, I mean, that I didn't really know much about fashion then, but I could tell, like, how exciting the world around that was. You know, at the time, what it was, was, your, how did it was you just get huge. How I don't know. It felt good. I, don't, I didn't actually know much about the clothes. Yeah. I just felt the vibe around it. It just felt really big. You were drawn to it. Yeah, or yeah. everybody was, really. Yeah. 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 Maybe it was just my sphere that I was working in. I don't know, but everyone around me was. Hmm. Um, what else have you got for us? For oh, yeah, the collection, the co designers I really like. I mean, number, uh, number nine. It's not around anymore, but Takahiro's company's got the soloist now. But number nine was the first time I understood what a brand could be and what it should be, in my opinion. That hmm. was where... I understood what fashion was. Right. I saw it all in one place. I'm like, oh, I always knew style. I, I didn't even know I knew style, but that's what I like, really was like, wow, this is incredible. And that was the place. Yeah. We did a really special thing with that company. Mm. Well, because um, you you were one of the co-founders of Subi Jeans as well. I was a partner and I didn't yeah. like found it, but oh, I right. brought it started in my living room all right. here in America. It started in my living room at night. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was funny. Um, it was a crazy time. Yeah. Did you have the same vision for the brand in that case as you did with the Elder Statesman? Different. Because, I mean, that was an amazing brand as we well. Did in we did, but that was like, I think what was, was the similarities between the two at that company at that time was we set up a good system. Mm. So when you plugged in, like, all people that plug into the Elder Statesman add value, and it can become mm. this amazing thing and be totally unexpected which is fun for me like i'm like wow you did that you know that's <laughs> incredible like a couple of the girls are here i would see like i'm totally inspired by like the stuff they bring to the table yeah. like wow so at subi like what i brought to the table like helped chain and my values and they were trusting i think the trust element uh they you know let me run with it and actually told, asked me to run with it. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and they let me run with it, and uh, good things happened. Crazy things happened, <laughs> but good things yeah, happened. Yeah, it's crazy good. It was yeah. exploded, it was that wild. brand. Yeah, but like, you should have seen what was happening in our office. It oh, was really? what insane. <laughs> yeah. And these guys, yeah, Dan and George at the time, like, and Gareth, actually. There was a few of them, but they did incredible. They were way, way ahead like way ahead. In terms of the branding or in terms of the fabric? Just or? where they were at. Just mm -hmm. like with... Are they, is that, are they still doing that? They're not part. I don't. No. I have no idea. No. I know Subi's back. It makes me happy to see the little yeah. crosses yeah. on people's legs. Yeah. But yeah. So I was, a, I was a partner and part of their company. So, mm. so yeah. But yeah, system was important. Yeah. It's an interesting idea. Going back to the cabinet, what else are you going to put in there? It's got to be a three. big cabinet. So I'll put mm. my car... Oh yeah, I what kind a, of car? It's a 64 Impala, which I really I'm enjoy. looking, pretending that I know what that is, but I don't. You it's a great car, it's a Chevrolet. Oh wow. Yeah. Where did you find it? I bought it off a mechanic in Sacramento, and it's just part of me. I love that car. So I'm How from Arizona, so it's a car culture. Yeah. So I grew up loving cars. Is it one of the, is it, does it look old? Oh, it's old. <laughs> yeah. And it's big, and it's beautiful. It's got red interior. 
Wow. So. You do drive it. I actually do. drive it. I it's do. not one of those ones that you keep in the garage. No, I like things. It's like I like things that I can use. Mm. I don't drive it all the time because I don't have enough traffic. Yeah. It sometimes the traffic is really sometimes bad. Sometimes overheats, but um, yeah, I drive it in the summers mostly. What color Certainly is it? White. Amazing. That's pretty cool. It's your only car that you own. No, it is not. Oh. It's not what I drive How every many? day. <laughs> no, I just have another car, like okay. a daily. A car for getting around. Yeah. Okay, so I've never, we never had a car in the cabinet at Five Carlos Place before. Okay. I think it will look pretty cool, actually. Mm. Um, what else would you put in there? Jeez. So got the car, the blanket, your bracelet. Has to be an object? No. I mean, it could be an abstract, an abstract thing or a place. Like some people choose like an art gallery and then we sort of represent it with a postcard. I'd say... Um, actually, well, there's a, there's a book and a spirit behind the book. Mm. Um, like my grandmother was a artist and a children's book writer. And she wrote a book called Gregory and the Magic Cactus when I was a little boy. What was her name? Thelma. Thelma Chait. And uh, the book was about how I discovered, I grew up in Arizona. And she was South African. She had this amazing imagination about what it was like. That she'd come visit from time to time. but. I found this little cactus that was struggling, and I made it grow from love and education. And her name was Sunshine Sue. Oh. And it's this—I don't know—my cousins and I, and my dad and his brothers. We, she was a mate, you know, she's boss, the coolest lady. So wow, that means that means a lot. So that definitely is it still go. in print? I don't, I don't think so, but it should be. It's really beautiful. I go back to it from wow. time to time. The cactus is called Sunshine Sue. Oh. And my daughter's middle name is Sue. Sunshine Sue. Yeah, Dorothy Sue. That's so nice. Does your daughter read it? Yeah, it we her. look yeah, at yeah. it from time to time. Ah, oh, that's nice. Yeah, it must be trippy for her. Um, I also want to just going back to your um, label. And um, one thing I read about you that I thought was really cool is that you, um, and I don't know if this is still something that you do, but because but you, it, you, I read that you employ women all around America um, who knit from their homes. Yeah. For you. Yeah. Um, how does how does that happen? How does it work? There's no formula. I've we've met people. At, I've met at someone at Starbucks. They said, "Nice hat." I said, "Thanks." I'm like, "Did you make it?" They said, "Yeah." I'm like, "You want a nip for me?" And wow. Yeah. And sometimes it sticks. Sometimes it doesn't. How many people are knitting for you? Shoot. In our own factory, we have how many? How many employees? We have like 53, 55 people for a very little company. But we're employing. They, they told me it was fifty-five. 50? So that's yeah. like full time. And then we have different artisans around knitters mm. and weavers and things and stitchers and people that do really cool stuff. Um, what makes but they don't all work for me all the time. I like. Do they have to pass a test or something? To, to oh, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it's not a test. I mean, amongst yeah. like good knitters, a good knitter. Yeah. So. That's so cool. But it's an interesting thing because you can knit from home. Um, yeah. It's legal to knit from home. You can't like produce many goods from home, but knitting oh, really? is because it's something you can do while you're also caretaking or doing other things. And it's I think it's a pretty neat way to make some extra dollars or depending the relationship that you build. Mm. But it's not it's 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 not like an easy thing to do anymore. Most business models aren't really set up for it, but we are. Yeah. So. Are you interested in? I was just wondering if leading. I like working with people. Right. I find the fast. I love people's ability to create stuff. Like that's what drives me. I, like I'm just naturally fascinated by the fact that someone can do something so cool. 
Yeah. So and so that no so no two pieces that you're from your from the other statesman are the same. Generally speaking, not really. I mean, there are. I mean, we can get this one pretty close, but like a hand knit cap. I mean, if it's hand spun yarn, hand knit. Yeah, they're not going to be exactly the same. I suppose what's good about using people. But if they're really way. good, you can rely on their accuracy to be quite similar, yes. right? So yes. that's part of being good, like replication. Yeah. Um, uh, and I suppose by working in that way, you can scale, can't you? Because you can just keep finding more knitters, more craftspeople. Theoretically. <laughs> yeah. Theoretically. Yeah, I mean, we can. We just. Are they just in the US, these knitters, or do you? No, no, we can. We've worked around the world with mm. different people from different. Um, at different times, you know, we're developing a relationship with a group of women in our own, like in, in our own backyard right now. So we're working on getting that up and running. I won't say as in too, LA. too much. Is that an expression? Do you mean that? No, no, in like in California. In, right, like, right, yeah, okay, in California. Yeah, in California. But a friend helped identify uh, a group of uh, talented people that can. That we're doing a project for them, and they're like, "Hey, man, I think they can knit." And I, was on, I was up there as fast as possible and talked with them. Cool. So have, we'll you ever, see. have you ever felt you should make a film about that or them knitting? I think that's something that I'd like to see. Um, yeah, all right. it's cool. It's yeah. probably quite meditative. So, yeah. yeah. Um, what's your final object for the cabinet? I haven't thought of one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. Um, cool. No, I think it's probably meant we'd have to make um, the cabinet even bigger because mm -hmm. I'm really into a concept of, and actually I'd live it, and I have this crazy old trailer-ish type home in Malibu. It's not big. It's a tiny little house. It's kind of like living on a boat, but it's its own little thing. And Is it on the beach? It's near the beach near a place that I like to go to the beach so that's helpful but I think it's kind of cool to you know growing up you think the end is this you know big wall with you know like there's nothing wrong with doing well commercially but I found it fascinating and I'm extremely happy um, in this tiny little amazing place and I think uh, I think that's important if I don't like to preach about anything but that's a good one in the sense that I think people get mixed up on like where happiness lies where uh, happiness lies yeah yeah and like I mean it's a, it's like by choice and it's so good and I can't really figure out some place that's better you know how long have you lived there five years almost I had a, with no intention of making it my full-time home and I was like this place is great Come home, you're on vacation, yeah. everyone's happy, you know, it's healthy, it's close. Yeah. So, yeah, so that would be my fit. Great. Yeah. It's going to be an enormous cabinet, but yes. it sounds really cool. All right. Uh, a hanger. Yeah, yeah, exactly, a bit like Paramount. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, well, Greg, thank you so much. Thank you. It was really thank you enjoyable. For yeah, it was. It was Pleasure. Yeah, I've learned a lot. Thanks. Thank you, me too. That was an episode of The Collector's House, a Matches Fashion Podcast. 
You can find more episodes and more about Five Carlos Place on the Matches Fashion website. And you can join the conversation on social media by searching for at Matches Fashion, at Matches Fashion Man, and the hashtag Five Carlos Place. Thanks for listening.